Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Driven Few with Al Hammett, where we align with those driven individuals to really get under the hood, to learn as to how they get it all done with family and business. I'm your host, Al Hammett, and I am blessed and honored to work with those high-performing leaders, coaching them how to dive in and get it all done, excelling as a leader in business, in their family, and in their faith. Today is a solo rip to do a little recap. I say that to say, if you have not yet had an opportunity to go back and listen to episode one, or an opportunity to sit down and rap with my brother, Steve Weatherford, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to do so, not only because there's a tremendous amount of value as derived from that episode, but candidly, what I'm about to talk about here probably isn't going to make much sense. So I say that to say, part of the recap, a couple of the notes that I wanted to discuss as it pertains to the conversation with Steve was some of the things that we dove into, man, were self-limiting beliefs. Uh, how to overcome those self-limiting beliefs, the addictions, the generational curses that we've all grown up with. And that's no disrespect. I'm certainly not trying to speak in a negative connotation about my parents or anybody else's parents because they grew up with generational curses based on their conditioning and societal norms and expectations, things of that nature. So I guess I want to take a step back and really just kind of share as to how I met Steve. And I think that we'll, we'll kind of segue into the conversation here organically. But I was really, uh, you know, this will kind of also segue into how I got involved into my own path of personal development. But, you know, I found myself uh, probably three years ago. Um, I remember it being in December, right around Christmas time. And the way that I think about it is imagine breaking up with your high school boyfriend, high school girlfriend, somebody that you really, really cared about, and just having this feeling of, I don't want to say despair, but like no hope, lackluster, just meh, gray skies, swampy waters, just real slow moving, no motivation. All right, you get the point. I say that to say I found myself in a position about three years ago where I remember talking with Rachel, my wife, and just kind of saying, hey, I don't really know what's going on because there wasn't really a catalyst or an instigating event for something to happen to put me in a position where I felt that way, or I even justifiably felt that way. And it wasn't like my rhetoric in my head was just, oh, dude, you're being soft, sack up, you can do better than that. No, nah, there, there just wasn't anything happening. So I say that fast forwarding to land that plane, it really kind of put me on a, we'll say a quest to be able to really understand what was going on with my mind, what was going on with my body. Uh, and our time collapses for the sake of that conversation, I realized through counsel with naturopathic, homeopathic doctors, physicians, things of that nature, that my cortisol levels were essentially 180 degrees to where they should be. So I was waking up when I should be going to sleep, going to sleep when I should be waking up. And that was stemming from phase two adrenal fatigue. Basically, I was in fight or flight at all times, which in in turn was manifesting in, in physical attributes of my life. So I say that to say, and that's because I was building my business. My businesses, uh, main business is Hammond Home at the, Hammond Homes at the time. Um, and it really came at a cost of relationships, cost of relationship with God, cost of relationship with myself, really knowing who I was because I was so fixated on goals or a dollar amount or a certain production schedule that I really threw away the vision. You know, so the vision was to be able to be financially successful by the grace of God so I could have options options to be able to invest the time that I wanted to, not leftover, meaning I had leftover time because my schedule allowed for it, or it's after five o'clock, or it's Saturday night, whatever the case may be, with my kids. 
and my wife and be able to live the life in the end. And that's something that we're, you'll hear me speak about all throughout this podcast. It's kind of a mantra of mine is being able to live in the end. And, you know, what does that mean? So being able to run your business to the level or businesses to the level or the extent that you want and be the best husband you can be and be the best father you can be and be the best man, son of God that you can be. Doesn't mean you need to be perfect, but it means you have to be able to put yourself in, in a position where you have the opportunity to be present. So I say that to say that was something that I was seeking. I was, I was literally looking for someone who had the fruit in their life that I could mimic, that I could mirror, that I could align with and really understand how does this person go from, I don't want to say zero, but how do you go from an issue in your life where you feel like the proverbial rope of your life? is slipping through your hands. And the more and more you try, pull back on it, try to take back control, the more it just laughs at you and burns through your hands. And when I say the proverbial rope of life, I mean the control of your life, of the structure of the order, of the ability to be able to do what it is that you want to do. Wake up and go to your career, go to your job, and not necessarily your job, but something that you literally enjoy doing. And then learn how to monetize that make money out of that to where you can passionately convey or sell something that you genuinely give a shit about. And then come home when you want to come home to be able to invest time with your wife and your kids, not wake up, work a nine to five to, to write a check for a payment for a house that you can't really afford because you can't really live in it, work a nine to five for somebody else anyhow. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not something that I personally wanted to subscribe to because candidly, I didn't want the anxiety or the rat race of the anxiety of being able to keep up with the Joneses or everybody else. And this guy has this and this guy has that. That wasn't anything that I was necessarily conditioned. You know, maybe I was subconsciously, but that was me putting myself in a position where I felt as though I needed to compete. So now I'm getting a little off track here. So I guess that's what happens when you speak from your heart, and not your head. And you're talking to yourself. Super awesome. I digress. So when I say that I was looking for someone who had the fruit in their life, I knew that it needed to be the type of person. And again, I say this with the utmost respect to those overachievers who have colored inside the lines their entire lives, who have never received a speeding ticket because they've always obeyed the speed limit. And I'm not telling you not to obey the speed limit. I'm just saying those people that drive their cars 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, tuck their shirts in, khaki wear, pressed shirts at all times, shoes are always shined, that are always seemingly perfect. That isn't somebody that I was looking for because candidly, I'm not perfect. And I know that my past, based on things that I've done, the way that I've treated people, the way that I've showed up in situations, didn't necessarily align with those perfect individuals. So one, I didn't want to be judged. And two, I wanted somebody that had the scars, the similar pain points, if you will, of their life that aligned with mine. So I could literally get under the hood of their vehicle and see how it is it that you went from this position to this position. And the guy that I found was Steve Weatherford. And I wasn't really looking for a specific person, but I've realized through counsel, through mentorship, through a lot of reflection that God speaks to me through relationship by the grace of God. And Steve was one of the people that God put into my life very early on to teach me that. And I didn't know that at the time. Candidly, 
I was listening. There's a gentleman by the name of Ed Milet. Ed is a fantastic dude. I've been blessed to be on a couple calls listening to his skill set and wisdom. He also has uh, the Max Out podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast, one of my all-time favorites. And actually, quite candidly, the first time I ever aligned with and heard Steve was on Ed's podcast. And Steve was first opportunity to share his story and get a little bit about speaking his truth. And I didn't necessarily align with his story, tenure in NFL vet, things of that nature. Obviously, that's not my past. But he had very, very similar pain points in the fact that you know, he's very result-driven, self-limiting beliefs, generational curses where he's always trying to make his dad proud, you know, and then things of that nature that stem from that, that I very, very much aligned to. And I remember there was a podcast that Ed had with Steve on, and uh, it was probably about an hour. And I remember listening to it, pulling up, sitting in the parking lot of my office, sitting in my truck listening to this for about an hour, just bawling my eyes out, thinking to myself, this man is speaking to me and about me, and I have to connect with him. So I, I figured out who Steve Weatherford was, aligned with him on social media. Then I realized that he was having a mastermind event for business where he was looking to bring on seven or eight individuals, bring his team to Orlando, Florida for an eight-hour event, and then talk about your business model, leverage the relationships in the room and scale accordingly. So for me, that was new. Isn't something candidly that I ever really entertained before because it didn't necessarily align with my business model. But what it did align with, again, going back to the fruit that he had in his life as a dad, as a successful entrepreneur and businessman, I also saw that at the time, man, he had five kids that he was juggling those relationships, whereas I had three. So if he's doing it with five and I'm looking for somebody that's excelling, Dude, if this dude's doing it with five and I'm looking to try to do it with three, sign me up. So I reached out to him. I remember sitting on the corner of my couch just telling my wife, hey, you know, I've never really done anything about this. She was kind of like, I don't want to say awkward about it, but like it's not really your MO. You're kind of that alpha male type dude. Is this something that you really want to do? I think the event was like 2500 or 3500 bucks for a one-day event. And again, the first thing that came to the top of my mind was like, do I really want to pay for friends? Do I want to pay for like access? And I did. So I rolled the dice on it. And by the grace of God, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my, in my life. I remember talking. I still have relationships to this day outside of Steve that have stemmed from that room. And I remember most of the room going around talking about their business model. And I remember getting around to the, to the circle. And I remember thinking to myself, there's nobody in this room that knows me. I'm not here to impress anyone. I'm here to be real and vulnerable. And I remember, and we, we shared about this a little bit in the podcast, and this is my, my principal point. I remember thinking to myself, I'm here to be able, I know how to make money in business. And I, and I say that in context, not to be braggadocious by the grace of God. I'm not here to really scale that. I'm here to be able to maintain that and scale how to be an all-star Hall of Fame dad and husband. I don't mean like good. I mean like, holy shit, who is that dude? I want to be a dad like him. I want to be a husband like him. Honestly, I haven't been that guy ever. And that's something that's escaped me. And then I knew I was no longer going to allow being a good dad or a good husband to rob me of being a great dad or a great husband. So I went to work and I remember just speaking my truth from my heart of hearts in this meeting. After that, Steve came up to me. We had a choice conversation 
you know, he's never been into coaching before. I'd never been in the coaching space. And, you know, again, being from Indiana, I never really had options for that. And if I did, I can just say that the connotation associated with it wouldn't have probably been well received. Probably when I say probably it would have been like, yo, I'll just do more pushups. I'll eat more food. I'll do something to insert more reps here to be able to get outside of, of being vulnerable. But what I've realized throughout my personal development growth journey is that vulnerability is where the impact happens. And I say that to say one of the things that we discussed in the show with Steve was his ability to be a giver of permission. And when I say permission, most of us, especially males, especially those males that are competitors that fancy themselves as alpha males. And I'll raise my hand to that. I've always been one of those guys. And I'll say that confidently by the grace of God. And again, not to be braggadocious, but it's always been me versus you. It's always been, hey, you're my boy, we're friends, but there's a threshold. Steve voluntarily gave permission indirectly by sharing his story, by sharing his scars, by sharing the thing that most of us humans, particularly us dudes, keep near and dear to our hearts because we have this fear that someone is going to figure out who we really are and that who we really are isn't perfect. And that who we really are has just a little bit of a flaw. It is the most asinine concept because when, in you, when you think about it, if you watch any ESPN 30 for 30 special or you watch any insert here sports team that was just heroic, nobody cares about the team that got second place. And nobody really cares about the team that's won for 10 years in a row. What people care about and what people remember is the team that sucked, that was defeated the entire season or seasons, and somehow, by the grace of God, went through a playoff run that was miraculous and brought it all home, won the championship. But it was those scars that led them to where they're at now and the ability to showcase those scars and say, hey, this is who I was. I didn't make the best of decisions, but I'm here now by the grace of God. When you can do that and take off your proverbial mask and lower your shield and be vulnerable and show the world your true, real, raw, and authentic self, that's where the vulnerability lies. And that is where the impact happens. Steve taught me how to do that. By giving me permission, by doing it first in that meeting in Orlando. He literally gave me a how-to YouTube video, real time, of how to show me the ability to be able to give someone else permission. The ability to, to sew into someone without them knowing that you're doing that. And when I say that to say we all have friends that, that may be a yes man or the fluff guy. You know, they make you feel well or they make you feel good just because they're always going to tell you yes. But deep down inside, their actions don't correspond or aren't congruent with what they tell you. So then you second guess, like, dude, are you really telling me yes or are you just telling me what I want to hear? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you show up and you give someone real honor. So segueing into one of the second points that I want to talk about is giving honor. This is something that we also discussed in the podcast. So I don't necessarily mean being honorable. 
So that's, that's a different thing that I'm talking about here. So you want to show up to the world as honorable, be an honorable man or woman. But giving honor is giving someone the ability to unlock them. Gives them permission to put their guards down. So if I show up in a conversation with another guy that may not be in the same season as, he, as I am, he may be in a season where I was three years ago, where I looked at every single conversation as a sale. The reality of the situation is it is. What I'm saying right now, I'm passionately conveying a principal point. I'm selling you that my principal point, my perspective is, is correct. And you're either buying that or not. And that's part of the conversation. That's part of the dance and negotiation of life. I digress. I say that to say when you give someone honor, it allows them to de-shield and they can show up as their real selves. Again, something else that Steve has taught me in my counsel with him and, and his mentorship with me is the ability to give someone honor. And again, to be completely transparent and vulnerable here, I never did that. Like, like not accidentally never did that. Like matter of factly, very purposely never did that because I was afraid that I would be negotiating through life from a position of weakness if someone else felt they had an upper hand on me. Real talk. In my mind, I somehow created a belief system that if I gave someone a true heartfelt compliment, that it would they would take advantage of that that kindness and mistake it for weakness. Almost like I saw a documentary one time about Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan would play ball, he would be a fierce competitor. And then a guy, you know, would foul him or out of bounds play and they'd be checking the ball. And the guy would give him a high five or slap him on the butt. So as just to say, good job. It was at that point that Michael knew he had that guy. That guy was softer than him. In my mind, and that's a true story, in my mind, I was correlating the same thing with every conversation, whether it's on a basketball court, a football field, a soccer field, a boardroom, you name it. So I had to learn that literally go through and give people honor. And I did it in the most inorganic, awkward, like, hey, almost force feeding myself to where it just became like shooting a free throw left handed where I just sucked at it. It was like, dude, I, this is embarrassing. My form is off. I can't even get it to the rim. And then you just shoot it rep after rep after rep after rep after rep. Sooner or later, you got so much muscle memory, you know exactly where it's going to hit. And now that's something that I do through my conversations with Steve Weatherford is to be able to show up and give someone honor almost immediately in the conversation. That allows me to show up as my true, real, raw self and know that they can do the same thing. To that point, you know, one of the, the other things that we want to talk about or that we did talk about is intentional conditioning. You can essentially recondition your environment. So we shared a little bit about becoming a product of your environment and how those of us, if we're, if we're lucky, we're blessed to be able to have parents or, or teachers or coaches to, to speak into us and kind of let us know, hey, don't become a product of your environment, as if to say that that is negative or speak in a negative connotation about that. And as I've progressed through my own personal journey, I understand what the bird's eye view logic is associated with it. Essentially, don't be a follower. But I would question and push back on that. What if I can create my own environment 
And if I can create my own environment, then can I subsequently become a product of that environment? And wouldn't I then want my kids and my wife and those that really, I really and truly care about me to be a collaborative component of that? And that's that intentional conditioning. You know, so an example of that is something that I speak into my kids called championship language, which creates legacy DNA. These aren't just super cool saying or, or something that just sounds super. No, this is real talk. This is stuff that, you know, when we talk about championship language, what is legacy DNA? Being able to understand and have your, your children grow up. You know, I just posted a video the other day with that grace of God, with my son, Asher, you know, a little fake post-game interview I did with him while he was, while he was scored a goal in a soccer game or something, you know, and I've talked about it and had a conversation with one of the guys I was coaching afterwards, two days afterwards. And he was like, man, that, you know, to see your son speak that way and talk about confidence as a seven-year-old, you know, to me, candidly speaking, I didn't really even pay attention to it. You know, I was just having fun with my son. I recorded it and I posted it online. You know, and he brought something that was very, very valuable to me because he, he was taking a closer look at the language that Asher was using, being able to speak. And I don't know, maybe most kids speak in that, but I sure didn't when I was seven years old. I didn't speak about, you know, I had the confidence to be able to see it. And then once I saw it, I did it. And after I did it, I knew I could do it and I had the confidence to do it again. My mind certainly didn't, didn't do that. And that's no disrespect to my parents. It's just kind of where I was at, at at age seven. So part of my championship language goals or objectives is to be able to teach that legacy DNA. So my kids have that expectation that I now have at the age of 38 when they're eight. And one of the things that I do with that is intentional conditioning with their language. So every time, and I've shared this on the podcast previously, every time that we leave, kids go to the gym, I go to the gym, they go to school, I go to business meeting, whatever the case may be, walk out the door just before I leave, I tell my kids, I say, do the best that you can do. And the logic there is, is I don't care about the result. I want you to do the absolute unequivocal best that you can do each and every time. Be a good listener. And I specifically and strategically say listener because a lot of people hear, but not a lot of people genuinely listen. And the third piece is do the best that you can do and be a, and then I wait. And then I allow for them to speak into existence, whatever comes to the top of their mind or their heart. And by the grace of God, every single time, it's the word leader. Because I know that if they speak into existence, that they get to be a leader, then when they're in those times when they're triggered or they're older or there's, there's social expectations of something, hey, man, do this or let's do that. It's cool. You know, they can have that flashback that my dad told me every single time, wave after wave after wave after wave, do the best that I can do. Be a good listener and be a leader. Am I doing the best that I can do right now? Am I being a good listener to my heart of my hearts, not to this joker across the street from me or across the way from me trying to get me to do something I don't want to do? And am I being a leader? Am I going in the vision or the direction of my vision or am I going somewhere against it? A little bit about championship language. And we talk about leader and I'll, and I'll end on this. You know, one of the things that I really take away from my relationship with guys like Steve Rutherford, uh, Riley Meeks, you know, guys that uh, have really become very, very close friends of mine is the power of assignment through alignment. 
and again, it's kind of a cool, hey, that this rhymes and it's super neat saying, but I say that to say when I first started working with Steve, before we were really even friends, I mean, there was a, there was a personal relationship, but it was, you know, it was minor at best. This is infantry of our both personal and working relationships. You know, one of the things that I just couldn't wrap my head around was when I wanted to get into coaching. Or, or counseling. And I say wanted not me as a coach, but me to be able to have someone speak into me to sharpen my saw. I had a very hard time. Again, I think I shared it earlier, wrapping my head around paying for friends. You know, one of the things that I brought up in a conversation with Steve is the difference between a theoretical and a transformational leader. So I, I didn't want to have a transactional relationship. I didn't want to pay to have a conversation on the phone, I wanted something to be, as an ROI guy, quantifiably tangible on how I could go from A to Z and the results that I wanted to do for my business, physical, spiritual, emotional, things of that nature. And what I realized is that, and, and Steve spoke to this on the podcast, there are, and, and I'm certainly not, again, trying to speak in a negative connotation, there are a litany of coaches, everybody's a coach, counselor, every time you get on social media now. And they've got coaching certifications, degrees, a bunch of letters behind their name. And, and again, I'm not dismissing that work. But at the end of the day, they're still not in the real, in the raw. They look good on paper, but they haven't necessarily walked the path themselves because they don't necessarily have the scars to show for it. Whereas the transformational leader is the guy that says, hey, man, I've been there before. As an empathic leader, I can feel your pain. I can see it in your eyes. I can hear it in your tonality and your cadence. That's what I found in Steve Weatherford. So I say that to say, uh, I trust that you enjoyed my feedback. I don't even know how long this is, about a half hour, which is great. So very much appreciate the opportunity to chat with Steve-O. I know this is going to be one of many and looking forward to you guys continuing to sew in. So if this served you, which I very much know it did, feel free to leave that 10-star review. If you can't find a 10-star review, we'll take five. And if you could, and again, this resonated with you, real talk, send it to someone, man. Send it to a friend. Send it to a family member, brother, and say, hey, peace this out. So at the very least, you get to hear Al talking to himself for a half hour. And maybe there's one piece, just one piece in this 31-minute conversation that will serve someone and be able to help them understand that you, you really can live your life by design, never default. You really can live your life in the end and run as many businesses as you want, earn the income that you feel that you're worth and be there for your kids and be there for your wife. No, it can't be done. If I can do it, you can do it by the grace of God. All right, fam. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Driven View with Al Hamid. If you love what you heard, and I know that you did, please follow us on Apple and Spotify and leave us that 10-star review. All right, if you can't find 10, we will gladly accept that five-star review. You can also connect with me, Al Hamid, on both Instagram and Facebook. Al Hamid, H-A, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, D is in Diesel. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and like. <laughs>